Real Housing Nation podcast, where we bring you stories from real military spouses who have been in your shoes. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that can help you along your military life journey. This episode is brought to you by Armed Forces Insurance. Armed Forces Insurance offers personal insurance options specifically designed for military families. To learn more, visit them online at AFI.org or give them a call at 1-800-313-1936. Now, here's Ashley Peoples. Hey guys, welcome to the Meal Housing Nation podcast. I'm so excited to introduce you to one of my very best friends today. Um, I mean, he actually refers to me as the sister that he never wanted. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I shouldn't be so excited to introduce you all, but I am because he's legitimately one of the greatest people that I've ever met. So um, we met outside the military, but as soon as our families met, as soon as Kevin met my husband, Daniel, and I met his wife, Regina, um, we've been best friends since. Like we have we're family, right? So, um, Kevin, why don't you come on? Tell us who you are. Tell us where you're from. Tell us about that smoking hot wife and those gorgeous baby girls of yours. But also tell us your connection to the military. Um, well, I don't know about the greatest person, <laughs> you know. Um, and my sister is actually the other sister I wish I didn't have. But uh, <laughs> she's all right, too. Um, but my name's Kevin Arndt. Um, I'm married to Regina Arndt, formerly known as Regina Gunn, hence the matching shirts that we had just that kind of happens in our house. There's a lot of guns, fitness shirts flowing around now. Um, but my wife's personal trainer, uh, she's the reason why I'm in North Carolina now. And then we have two beautiful little girls, Faith, who will be five on the 26th of May. Um, that's my buddy, but she looks just like her mom. And then Nanny May, who actually was named by the woman on the camera right now, uh, that name was all her idea. <laughs> and I didn't like it at all, but it's, <laughs> it's the perfect name. <laughs> it's the perfect name for her. Um, she looks just like her dad, but is a hundred percent mama's girl. So, uh, it's pretty funny. One looks just like her mom, but likes her dad and vice versa. So, um, but my ties in the military go back to delayed entry program in 2001, Long Island, New York. I uh, did delayed entry program through there. I, enlisted actually in December of 2002, but didn't leave until October um, after I graduated. October 1, 2003, started basic training at San Antonio. And then uh, in October of 2017, I was medically discharged due to a back injury. Hence me being home now and my my baby beard that I like to keep. Um, I don't like shaving anymore. But um, I was security forces for 14 years and 28 days. If anybody was counting, I counted every single one of them. Um, my last duty station was Sumter Air Force Base in South Carolina. Um, I was a flight chief there. For those who are familiar with security forces, I was a flight chief there for a while. Um, I was anti-terrorism program manager there. Um, I did a whole bunch of other things. Uh, training, S2, S1, all the fun stuff, all the not fun stuff. Um, prior to that, I was in Korea for a year at Kunsan, the Wolf Pack. The best assignment ever. Uh, it's like Las Vegas in rice patties, um, <laughs> minus all the really nice bars and restaurants. And then prior to that, I was at Bowling Air Force Base in DC, which was my second duty assignment. And then my first duty assignment that I was at from 2004 to 2007 was Malmstrom Air Force Base in Montana, where I did big, uh, big missile security. Mm. Man, Montana is beautiful. <laughs> it and is very cold. So, very cold. And so, <laughs> so, all right. 
So you get medically discharged, you're out. Um, what, so I know you and I know you well. So what I would love for you to share with us today is we want to talk about the cruise for kids. It is something that really I know was born straight from your heart. And um, if you're watching via video, then you know that Regina and Kevin look like Ken and Barbie. So let's put that like, actually like a jacked up, like on roids, Ken and Barbie, because they definitely are. Ken and Barbie are not as ripped as Regina and Kevin. So I know you and I know that you're this big softy inside that scruffy beard, the perfect haircut and all the muscles. I know you're a big softy and I know that you love you love your baby girls, but you've also always loved our kids and you've loved your nieces and nephews. So the big softy that you are, I know that kids have always been your Achilles heel. Like they've always been the thing that just got you right in the feels. So tell us about Cruise for Kids. Tell us about where it came from. Tell us about what it is. But I really want you to dive into the purpose that you found with it, because I think that portion is something that all of the military members have either gone through or or will go through when they separate. Uh, well, really, the the idea obviously came with us being stuck at home and we're in a small town of Waxhaw, North Carolina. So it's way different than what me and my wife grew up in. We grew up in Long Island, New York and Suffolk County. We have, I don't know what they have now, but during that time when I lived there, it was like 1.3 million people in a county um, to where now we live in Union County, which is actually bigger than Suffolk County, but population wise is nowhere near it. Um, so we're in a small town. We're used to going to You've been there downtown Waxhaw and going to get ice cream and walking around and our kids interacting with other kids at the park. Um, it's just a really cool feel to our neighborhood. And then with all this going on, everything shut down and us being home with both of our kids, especially our oldest one, Faith, where she was used to going to school every day and interacting with her friends and she hates being home. Like we try to make it as fun as possible, but we're not like super fun parents, I guess, like the peoples, like you guys are like the, the shining example. Like if the military people could look at like, what's the perfect procedures to being an awesome parent? Like if the people's wrote like special security instructions or like a technical order, a TO for how to be parents, that would be it. But, um, I felt bad. And I remembered when I was sitting there one night having dinner with Regina, it made me think of as bad as it, it sounds, but it'll make sense. As I say it, I missed the post nine 11 and not the GI bill post nine 11, like the being a, a young teenager in high school post 9-11, September 11th on Long Island in New York, where every overpass you drove under had an American flag on it. You couldn't find one in the stores. If you lived in this country, you were an American. And it was just like taking that camaraderie of the military, but it just completely saturating the whole entire United States with it um, to like a massive extent. It's kind of like that camaraderie that guys and girls will feel when you're deployed. Or if you go to a remote tour like Korea at Kunsan, where the guy, a girl to your right or left is now your best friend in your family. Like you don't have somebody there when you're having a bad day or a good day to celebrate and give one of your family members a high five. It was kind of that feeling of everybody was just like one giant family. And I miss that, you know, especially what everything was going on with our country prior to this. Um, it kind of felt like God was using this as a way to unplug us, right? When your internet's not working right. Yeah. Uh, like you had some issues earlier, you know, you <laughs> unplug the modem for a little bit, let it cool off, reset, plug it back in. And hopefully in a couple of minutes, it'll, it'll be squared away again. And that's kind of what I felt like what was going on. And I thought, how can I be part of that process of when that modem powers back up, how can I make sure it's firing at all cylinders? So, um, I asked her, Jan said, you know, I, I don't know what I can do, but what I do have is a real big passion. I have a great passion for kids. 
um, growing up in a single family household and a poor kid in New York, like I just have a passion for helping kids and I love cars. So I thought, well, you know, it might be a good idea. What if I got some cool cars together? I know enough guys to have some nice cars. What if we just drive around, you know, the neighborhoods, wave the kids, do some signs or we'll put some American flags up in our vehicles and let's go through some neighborhoods, make a ton of noise in a safe manner, you know, act like adults, but how can we go through neighborhoods and maybe, you know, just brighten up some families, given a reason for families to get out of the house, get off the tablets, get away from the phones and computers, come outside and see something really cool. Um, so I reached out to a couple guys I knew locally. Um, there's a wax out coffee cruises, which is a small club used to be a small club until this all kind of happened. But I reached out to him and said, you know, would any of you guys want to do this? And everybody jumped on it. And the first event we had, I planned for really realistic. I thought if man, if I can get 30 cars, like I've done something pretty good. That was my goal. And I put it out on the page and a couple people shared it and a couple other people shared it. And then that morning I had this idea in my head, I'll plan for 30, maybe 50 will show up. So I had a certain section of Harris Teeter parking lot and Providence Road and Wax up set up. And then over a hundred cars showed up. And I had to release a group of 30 earlier than I wanted to. Luckily, somebody else knew the route besides me. So they can get a head start on us because we were overtaking Harris Teeter parking lot. Um, so it just blew up into this huge thing. We did another one in Indian Trail, which is one of the neighboring neighborhoods to us. And that one had 200 vehicles on the dot show up, uh, which equated to... We had some issues with the first event because there was a, a private Facebook link in our group that was set up for donations. So it made it hard. It was kind of impossible for the foundation director, the Joey Lugano Foundation that we teamed with, um, which I'll talk about here in a second. Um, but we teamed with them. So it made it hard to track it. But we're somewhere in excess of $2,000, close to $2,500 in donations that were raised between the two events. Um, and we did... 11 neighborhoods, the first event in Waxhaw and the one in Indian Trail was eight. I think we had eight or nine neighborhoods. And that one we had um, the Indian Trail sector of Union County Sheriff's Office came out and did a, a police escort for us. And those guys, they just blew my mind. They're just, I mean, absolute professionals at their craft. I was highly, highly impressed, especially being prior security forces, MP, you know, law enforcement guy. And you know how I am, my OCD and how things work. and I mean, they, those guys worked their tails off for us. And it was just, it was a really, really great event. Um, we did another event for a young girl who was five years old. Her name's Mackenzie, which I would love for you guys to look her up on Facebook. Um, if you go to hashtag Mighty Mackenzie, it's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E um, is how you spell her name. If you look up her group on Facebook, um, she's a super beautiful little girl. She just turned five a couple weeks ago and she has terminal brain cancer. And she lives about 20 minutes from where we live, basically where we stage our cruises out of, out of Waxhaw. And somebody in our group, after we did the Waxhaw event, thought, man, this is so amazing. Do you think you guys would be willing to do something for her? And they had an event originally set up for the Sunday before her birthday, um, but weather didn't cooperate for us to get a lot of these cars that come out. So we actually did it on her birthday, which was that following Tuesday. And I reached out to Joey Logano and Brittany Logano, who are good friends of ours. My wife used to train Brittany and her mother. Um, and they're just, I mean, if you guys don't like NASCAR or if you do love NASCAR and you maybe don't like Joey Logano for some reason, um, I can tell you from personal experience, I know everybody has their drivers, right? It's just like any other sport. You know, if you're the peoples, you love Alabama football. There is no, that is football. Like it's just it. So 
Um, but I can tell you somebody that was never a NASCAR fan previously and knowing Joey on a personal level and Brittany, um, and Brittany's family, uh, they are the most humble, sweetest, kindest people, selfless people I've ever met. I mean, this guy is just incredible. Him and Brittany are just, they're unbelievable people. Has nothing to do with I could care if he's a good driver or not. That doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, Ashley knows how I don't get starstruck about people like that. You know, I'd be more impressed if I met General Goldfein than if I read, I met Michael Jordan, You know, even though MJ's a man. But um, anyway, I reached out to him. I said, Hey, we're going to be doing this cruise. I know you couldn't make it out to our first event because it was so short notice. Would you guys come out for this? Now, Joey and Brittany just had their second boy um, just a couple days ago. And they have a younger son, um, Hudson, who's a stud, right? Like he's probably going to be some kind of cool athlete, right? I'm sure. If not, he's still going to have a really cool life. But um, they have a very special spot, just like I do. They have a soft spot for kids. Any parent does, I think. And uh, I reached out and said, would, would you guys come out? Like, could you? Like, I didn't want to be like, hey, you got to come out. And Brittany said, absolutely, we'll be there. So I'm expecting them all to roll as a family. Just as I'm about to pull up to the event, I get a phone call from Joey. And he goes, hey, man, do you think I could do a burnout in front of Mackenzie's house for her? I said, burnout? What are you driving? He's like, oh, I brought one of my race cars. Oh, my word. He brought out one of his old race cars, um, which is now street legal, just so everybody knows. Uh, has seal headlights or however they did it to make street legal. And he brought it out and did a burnout in front of her house with her. And we had 74 vehicles, including Joey's car, show up. Um, and we did a huge birthday parade for her and went by her house. And that morning, we did cash donations just in a little bucket. And I said, if you guys want to donate to the foundation, you can. But if you guys... This is kind of a last minute thing that people don't plan for. If you guys would like to donate, donate before we leave. And I think it was $241 were raised. I think it was a day or two later. Um, I saw her father post on Facebook that their dryer had broken. So I immediately messaged him. I said, I don't know if you checked that bucket we sent you, but I think it could help you. You know, with Corona, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't know if you want to touch it yet. I don't know. Like, you want to just give the bucket to a banker. I don't know what you want to do, but you need to check it. And he checked it. And uh, I think it was $241, he told me. And they had a friend who ended up having a dryer that they found out that was for sale. And that helped him pay for that dryer. You know, it wasn't the initial intent, but the intent was to help the family in any way we could. And that was just kind of a small, you know, 240 bucks. If someone took it from you, is a big deal. But yep. in the grand scheme of what we're trying to do, it's not. But to them, it was. Um, so we'll be doing more stuff for her as well. Uh, her father made a comment to me that ever since Make-A-Wish sent them to Disney, uh, I think it was last year, that that's all she's spoken about. And uh, she was diagnosed at three, three years old, two years ago. So 20, it was 22 months ago, she was diagnosed and was given 12 to 18 months. And she's at 22. So um, our next idea, which I haven't put out to anybody except for you guys actually in Regina, is I want to do another cruise. I want to make a massive impact. I'm going to talk to Joey and their foundation and see what we can do about getting them back to Disney as soon as possible. As soon as the park opens back up again, to get them down there. And we'll probably, what I would like to do, depending on when they leave is if they drive down, we might give them an escort from their house through South Carolina into Georgia, maybe, and give them a, a no kidding full on, um, Car Carolina cruiser kids escort. Um, but that's, that's kind of one of the, the next big things I want to do because Ashley knows me as a dad and that girl being five years old and my daughter turns five on the 26th, uh, seeing her sitting, I'm not going to get choked up on your, your deal here, but, uh, seeing a five-year-old girl standing next to her father, 
that I know is she doesn't probably think that way because she's five. She doesn't have a real even grasp of, of life yet, the poor kid. Um, but I know her parents are counting every single day like it's a million dollars in your bank account. So um, I want to make a massive, massive impact in that family's life um, as soon as possible to make sure that we make as many memories as we possibly can for that family in a big, big way. So that's the, that's the next big thing I want to do. Um, but it's just those things that when I got out to kind of get onto that topic, you know, when I got out in October of 2017, I was so excited. I was scared, right? Like before it happened, I was so excited because with medical, with MEB stuff and medical evaluation boards, you never know. Like you're like, all right, cool. I'm just waiting for a phone call. And then you get a phone call. It's like, see you and you got to go. So really you're just kind of going to work every day, wondering if you're going to get an email or a phone call saying you're done. And for about a year, cause mine got delayed so long. I was like, man, I'm just, I want to be done. Like I had that senioritis so bad, but I was still working, just working my butt off because that's just how I'm geared. But I was like, man, I just want to be out. I want to be with my kids. You know, Danny was really little and you know, faith. I mean, they're both still really little, but Danny was like tiny, tiny. And I was like, I just want to get out and help my wife. You know, I was traveling an hour and a half down to show them back to our house at the time, Monday through Friday, or sometimes Monday through Saturday. And Regina was waking these kids up four 15 in the morning and taking them to her gym a half hour away. And they would be in there for three or four hours. So I wanted to get out so bad. And then it finally got the phone call. Hey man, all your stuff has come through. You're done. Here's your date. You're getting out. Here's your leave days. And I was like, Oh man, like this is for real happening. And then I got that like, Oh, the butterflies in my stomach, you know, started kind of freaking out a little bit. What do I do next? And then I got out and I really, man, I just soaked it up for about, four or five months, I was just soaking it up, being home with my kids, doing whatever I wanted. It was the weirdest thing. Our first vacation was with the Peebles and we went to Montana and went to uh, Yellowstone. And man, it was, we went to Big Sky Ski Resort. And it was the weirdest thing going on, on leave the first time without having to ask somebody if I can go. Right. Like I remember getting on a plane to come see you guys and being like, oh, I never submitted my leave. Oh, I don't have to. <laughs> right. And uh, it's just weird. After 14 years, you're just so ingrained. I'm sure it's the same thing after four, you know, for those young guys and girls, because you're just, I mean, when you're that young enlistment, I mean, everything you do is you're getting told what to do. Um, and then as time went on, probably a little bit less than a year, probably about nine or 10 months, I was missing it bad, like real bad. And people would ask, you miss it every day. Like I would have airmen reach out to me. I used to work with and they're like, Hey, Sonar, we miss you. How's it going? You miss us yet? Like joking. And I'd be like, yep, I really do. Like I really, really miss leading airmen. Like I loved, like I have a special place for kids. I have a real special place for the airmen that I used to work for. Um, they never worked for me. They might've thought that sometimes when they weren't behaving themselves, but um, man, I, I missed it. I still miss it. I miss it all the time. I don't miss not being home with my wife and my kids. Um, I don't miss the phone calls from my op superintendent at 11 o'clock at night. Cause one of my airmen got in a fist fight at an intramural basketball game or something crazy or who, whatever, you know, the E sixes and above that are watching this are going to laugh because they probably will get a phone call tonight. Um, I don't miss that stuff, but I miss that camaraderie and I miss that big picture, right? Like what's my big picture purpose when you're in the air force, there's no, if you don't know that, I don't, I don't know how like you're living under a rock. Um, I mean, to be in the military, whether you're in the air force, army, Marines, Navy, coast guard, whatever you do, whether you're guard reserve active, it doesn't matter. You're part of such a big picture doing such a big thing. Like it doesn't matter what your job is. 
Like I know the thing, like when we're young and listen, you have a chief or a colonel say, every job's important. And you're like, yeah, whatever. Whoa. You know, or you have the young security force guys. I work a gate. Anybody can do this job. But like you really don't realize just how important every single job in the military is. If it wasn't important, they wouldn't have it. Right. And man, I just missed it so bad. And I was like, what? Obviously, you have a purpose as a husband and a father or a wife or whatever your, your backgrounds are. But as a husband and a father, like that's my main purpose, right? But like, what's my big picture? Like, I can be a great husband. I could be a great dad. But like, how do I make a big impact? Because I wanted to leave a legacy behind for my kids to be proud of. And when I was in the military, I thought, man, if I do the military, my kids would grow up like, my dad was in the military, you know, just like your kids are going to do about Daniel. And they probably do right now because they're a lot older than my kids. But I thought, what can I do where I want my kids to be proud of me? Not just be like, oh, he's a great dad. But like, what did your dad do that when I'm gone, they want to push themselves to do something better? Because I know their mom's doing it. She did it the other night, doing an hour, over an hour of burpees to raise money for Levine's Children's Hospital. So, um, I finally feel like for the first time since I've gotten out that I feel that again, like yeah. I haven't felt like as weird as it sounds, I haven't felt like Sergeant aren't in a real long time. So I felt like dad and I felt like Kevin Regina's husband, but I haven't felt like Sergeant aren't like I wake up every morning and I'm like, I got something to do. I'm going to attack the day, win the day, like our good friend, Darren, you say. And, uh, I thought, man, just like him, like I wore his shirt the other day when Regina did her Thon, and I just thought of him like, man, what like we have such so many. And I know people on here probably don't know who I'm talking about, but we have such incredible people that we're friends with that have done just incredible things. You know, like what's my excuse? What's holding me back? And I kind of feel like I'm finally doing that. Like I'm I'm making an impact in lives, um, and it's just a really good feeling. I think for anybody that is thinking about getting out soon or is has a retirement coming up soon, especially those guys and girls, if you've been in, you know, for 10 or more years and you're getting out for any reason, um, especially retirement, or if you're in a situation like I was, um, or maybe you hit high year tenure, you know, um, there may be things that have changed since I've gotten out because I've completely kind of detached myself from that. That's not my, my lane anymore. But, um, if you're getting to that point in your life or in your career where you're retiring, separating, whatever, um, people say it all the time and they beat it in your head and you're going to hear it at tap briefings and all this stuff. Have a plan, have a plan. Um, and you think of like financially, okay, have insurance, which is important. Cause I'm telling you right now, as somebody that's been through it, I got out and life just goes crazy. Yeah. Like you have all these things going on and all those things you're like, all right, yeah, I'm going to do the, you know, I'll get my life insurance done and I'll get this done and I'll get my VA things done. It's not going to happen. Like life gets so crazy once you're out. So, um, but the real thing that I would really push people to plan for is, and you're not, you may not even think it right now. Like I'm going to get out. I did 20 something years. I'm just going to be out and be done. I'm telling you right now. Um, I have so many close friends and mentors that were chiefs and colonels and higher that have gotten out. And I've had no kidding man to man and woman to man conversations with command chiefs and colonels that I've heard crying legit crying on the phone with me. And it's weird, you know, when you get out of the military and used to be an E6 and some colonel or tech or uh, chief command chief's crying, you know, about like the time they missed with their kids while they were on active duty, you know, and they couldn't make up for, or man, I just, I got out and I just don't know, like, you know, like you were a head honcho, big deal when you're in the military, when you get out, that's not the case. Yeah. You're just another human being. Like when you're in the military and you got rank, you're, you're the businessman. But when you get out, it's just, none of that matters. 
Yeah. So I would more so think of a plan of how are you going to integrate with your household, right? What does that look like on a full-time basis? How do you reintegrate with your kids? What does that relationship look like? You need to be working on that before you transition out and working on relationships with your spouses and things like that. And just your family outside of the house, but have a plan of, well, what's next for me purpose-wise? Because I'm telling you, you're going to get to a point where that whole like honeymoon phase of getting out and being free is going to wear off and you're going to be like, man, I want to be back in. Like I get why people get out of jail and they're like, I want to go back because <laughs> yeah. that's their thing. Like that's their norm. Like as that bad as that comparison might be, it's so true, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think for me, like right now, I finally, after <laughs> since October of 2017, finally feel like I finally got that back because that wasn't part of my plan. Yep. And I was going to get out and enjoy time with my family, but like you still need a purpose. So that was, that was a big thing for me. And like I said, I think anyone in the military has either gone through what you just described or they're going to. So I think that's why this is such a, an important topic to approach. But I also think it's even, even outside the military. You know, I have lost a job and walked away from it and thought, man, like, what am I going to do next? And in the beginning, everything was fine because I'm really good in a crisis, but it's six months down the road that it hits me like a ton of bricks. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. And I'm a bucket of tears. So I think it's, I just, I think it's universal, but I think it's 100% of the time when you get out of something as, as amazing as the military where the camaraderie is there every day, whether you realize it or not. So I really appreciate you sharing that. I think it's going to make a big difference. I also know that you are someone that you're always there to talk to anybody if they need it. So tell me this, what are the, what are the websites? What are the handles? Like how can they get in touch with you as far as the cruise for kids, um, the Logano foundation, like all of the things that you're doing right now, what are the best websites for them to look at? What are the best things on Facebook or Instagram? So we have a lot of events coming up. Um, we've got some around Memorial day in Waxhaw, North Carolina and Indian trail, North Carolina. Um, we have another event this coming Saturday, which is the biggest event that we've done thus far, as far as just the scale of it impact wise, um, we'll be doing a cruise. We'll be departing from wax. So we're actually doing a graduation cruise for some local graduates that morning. And we're going to leave from that, go straight to Levine children's hospital. And we're probably, I would be shocked if we have less than 200 cars there. Um, and, uh, Levine security staff is going to close down those roadways, the intersections, and we're going to make a big loop around the hospital for the kids. Um, and it's a $5 donation per vehicle. So it's, I mean, it's going to cost you more than that. If you live in the area, it's going to cost you more than that and gas. So very minimal donation. If you want to donate more, you can absolutely do that. Um, but that's going to go directly towards the Levine children's hospital. My wife, I mentioned earlier, she did a burpee a for over an hour the other night. And she's as of now has raised over $6,200. Um, by herself with the help of obviously such an incredible community that she's built guns fitness. Um, but if you want to keep track of the events that we have going on, we have another track day in the great state of Virginia, um, potentially depending on, uh, what the, the governor of Virginia announces, but potentially that will be on June the 8th at VIR, which is the Virginia raceway in Alton, Virginia, right on the border of North Carolina, right outside of Danville, um, which is the last, uh, capital of the Confederacy. <laughs> That's what it's famous for, right? Leave it to Virginia. Um, just a fun historic fact for the peoples because they're like history buffs. I love but it. Uh, also the home of the first African-American NASCAR driver. 
Fantastic. So hence the Joey Logano Foundation. But I, um, I need to go to but Danville. It's pretty incredible. I'm going to send you a link. There's a link. There's a video on Amazon. Uh, Dinner with Drivers is what it's called. And they do in a, the episode three or four, they do it on the history of VIR track in Danville area. Yeah. It's super cool. Um, but back to, I digress, back to the task. Um, so if you want to keep track of everything that we're doing, you can, or if you want to look at Joey Logano foundation, just cause you're curious about what, what he does and what that foundation does, you can go to Joey Logano foundation.com. Um, and if you want to donate to that, that would be amazing. And you just scroll down and you'll see donate and click right on that donation link. Um, so you can donate that way or you can send a check if you want, if you're old school, old fashioned, um, there's no judgment here. Just if that's what you like to do, you know, Joel, Joel Hancock on there. Um, but you can donate there if you want to keep track of what we're doing and the events that I'm going to be planning. Or if you would like to bring something to my attention in North Carolina or South Carolina, or if you're not in one of those states and you want to start doing something similar to what I'm doing and you need some help and some guidance, I would love to help. So um, you can send me an email directly if you'd like at kev. A-R-N-D-T. That's Kev Arndt, A-R-N-D-T at gmail.com. Um, and I'm only going to offer that up to my fellow service members and veterans because uh, other than kids, that's the biggest soft spot I have. So I would love if it's not something totally similar, but you just kind of want some ideas of how to start some things, I would love to help you guys. But if you want to keep track of the events we have going on, you can go on Facebook and it's Carolina, capital C, and then Cruise, the number four, and then Kids, all capitals. Um, and we have a Facebook page on there. Just go ahead and add yourself and I'll approve it. And you can keep track in the events tab. We'll have all the events we have. If people in our neighborhood want to do graduation cruises or birthday cruises, or if we do another one for McKenzie, which we will, um, or the Levine Children's Hospital Memorial Day event we're going to do in two different towns. All of those events will be on the events tab. We have another event on June 13th um, in Lancaster, South Carolina. For those in South Kakalaki, we'll be going to... Um, you can look it up. It's actually pretty cool. Great Falls Dam. We're going to drive over the dam um, great, in Great Falls, South Carolina, outside of Lancaster. And we're going to line both sides of the shoulder on that bridge and take some cool drone photos of... I'm sure we'll have probably 200 cars. So we'll have that. My goal is to have that entire bridge on both sides lined with vehicles. Um, we have a professional photographer that comes out to all of our events. She's a great friend of ours. She's um, Leanne Morgan or LR Photography. LR Morgan Photography. Um, you can look her up on Instagram and Facebook. She does incredible stuff. If you go on the Cruise for Kids page um, on Facebook, you'll see a ton of her photos. She does just killer stuff for us. And she does that for free for us. And then people purchase the pictures. And then 19% because the Joey Logano Foundation, when we first started working with them, was donating all of the funds directly to Charlotte area for COVID-19. So we took 19% of the proceeds she made and that went straight to the foundation. Um, but she comes to all of our events for us. So we have a professional photographer at all times. And, um, but if you, like I said, if you go on that page, that is the easiest way to keep track. And you can also go on to Instagram and look up Carolina Cruise for kids. Um, I just started that page recently. So as we get more events going and people send me photos of the events, I'll be adding more content on that. So you can see some of the cruises I'll be doing videos. And once we're allowed to, I'll probably do some, you know, actual interviews and things like that. Um, the June 8th event, one more thing on that, that I would just like to add because it's incredible. Um, if you go on either of the cruise for kids pages, you'll notice a super nice, my personal opinion, because I'm biased, 
uh, black Chevy Camaro Z28, which is my wife's race car, a legit race car. Um, I'm a Ford guy just to put that out there. So it's kind of hard for me to even say, um, but it's an American muscle car. So I'll get behind it or sports car. But that car was actually used to be David Lloyd's from racing for ALS and they do what's called Dave's race. So Dave was diagnosed with ALS the same month and year that I got off of active duty and randomly was looking for this certain car just on a whim. And that was the first one I came across and I wrote him about it and we got to meet and we purchased a vehicle from them and learned the whole backstory and how he got diagnosed same month and year I got out of the military their brothers, when he got diagnosed, him and his brother, Scott purchased two Z28s, took them to Hennessy performance in Texas, had them modified. And then they did track day racing events all over the place in the Southeast and in Virginia and all over the place, um, raising money for ALS research. So that's another great page to look at on Instagram racing for ALS. Um, Scott Lloyd, David's uh, younger brother runs that page and uh, you'll see some great content on that. But that event on June 8th is for Dave's race. So that's going to be a fundraising event for racing for ALS, for ALS research. And they have high performance driving events for advanced drivers only, just to put that out there if you've never done one. Um, but they're also going to do charity laps. And the charity laps are no like little Sunday stroll. We're going to be running probably between 80 and 120 miles per hour. There's no passing allowed for safety. And then we have an escort where we run between 80 and 120 miles an hour. It's 25 bucks for a session and have two sessions that day. So that money will go towards the foundation. And if you haven't been to VIR, go on to Amazon, uh, dinner with drivers that I talked about and look up. I think it was, I watched it last night, third or fourth episode is you'll see VIR, Virginia International Raceway. And it's just an incredible backstory to the track. And you'll get to kind of see how cool it is. It's like, a five-star track. You go there, they have restaurants, they have bars, they have lodging. Um, it's, they have like townhouses with garages there. It's unbelievable. Like it's 1300 square or uh, 1300 acres. And the track is 3.2 miles and it follows the natural contours of the land. So it's no like flat, dead, straight, boring roads. It's like, if you found like the most beautiful back road in Virginia and raced on it, that's what it's like, except for it's totally legal to go as fast as you want. You guys are going to have a blast doing that. I'm going to burn the tires off Regina's car. It's going to be fantastic. I might have to start a fundraiser for tires. We might. You might have to do some burpees for tires. Yeah, I have no burpees. <laughs> Not at all. I did like 57 the other night to her like probably 2,000. So oh my goodness. I think I'm good for at least six months. I was about to say, I might be good the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you so much for sharing your passion for honestly, everything that you're majorly passionate about, like I've known you a long time and there's just a few things that'll get you going and hit you in the feels every time. And it's always going to be military. It's always going to be kids and both of those. Well, and cars, sorry, don't, let me, cars. don't let me, don't let me leave out the car <laughs> and your family. And I'll he, cry over my cars too. Yeah. No kidding. Something happened to my cars. I cry too. So you combine your family, cars, military and kids and Really, we've just kind of hit like all four things that mean that mean so much to you, the, the things that you'll donate your time for, the things that you'll you know really do anything for. So I appreciate you joining us tonight, sharing with us how you 
found your purpose after your service, but also shared with us the amazing things that you've put into place because I really believe that the Cruise for Kids is going to be something really, really big. And I'm hoping that this podcast and the listeners can share it. They can get to your website and um, it can make it even bigger. So thank you so much for being here tonight. And thank you so much to all of our listeners. Make sure that you check out the links um, so that you can link up with Kevin, you can link up with uh, the Cruise for Kids. And um, I can't wait to hear of all of the people that hear about this, link up with you. And for any of the things that you talked about tonight, really, it just makes a difference for them. So thank you guys so much. I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you for listening to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. To connect with Mill Housing Network, visit us online at milhousingnetwork.com. 